Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the Cross the Tracks podcast. And I'm Wayne, and I am actually here across the tracks uh, on my co-host side of town right now. Yeah, Yeah. across the, I guess we're on the east side of the tracks. Yes. Yeah, on the east side of the track. And I'm Steve, and I am in Indianapolis waiting for big race to happen this weekend, which I haven't been feeling it yet. Normally, I would be out at the uh, 500. Uh, right, right. Uh, qualifying was yesterday and today, and I just wasn't feeling it. Wow. So I'm going to go out tomorrow. Tomorrow's when they kind of do a little bit of testing and racing a little bit. So I'll go out there tomorrow after a meeting I have tomorrow morning. Uh, go out there and get ready for the race. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm all pumped, man. My 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 Denver Nuggets are about to get rid of LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> the man. Lakers are down 3-0, and I know damn good and well they're not going to beat the Nuggets uh, again. They might win one more game, but they're not going to beat the Nuggets at home. They're not going. They're not going to do that. So yeah. everybody sort of you know had the Lakers penciled in for the NBA Finals, and uh, I think they're going to be disappointed because I think this is the Nuggets year they're they're playing lights out right now and so uh happy for my guys man yep yep sort of a hometown team for you huh yeah yeah i I don't follow the broncos i've never been a bronco fan i like russell wilson but never been a bronco fan but the nuggets i've been a nugget fan from back in the aba days (laughs) you know back in the aba days so uh but yeah they 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 deserve this uh they've played they were the number one seed in the West pretty much all year, and uh, they're healthy. And um, uh, the big, the big guy, the Joker and Murray, they are a tandem to be reckoned with, man. Yeah, and yeah. they've got some great pieces around those two guys. And uh, Murray, I'm glad to see him back from that torn ACL he had last year. He's back and he's in full effect. So it's yeah. fun to watch, man. I have to admit, staying up late here on the East Coast is like gets me down. <laughs> those games come on at 8:30 at night here on the yeah. East Coast, and I'm like at home. They come on at 6:30. I'm I'm ready to go to bed by like nine o'clock because the game is over. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's all good, man. Yeah. It's uh, I, I'm hoping that, they wrap it up tomorrow night. Speaking of basketball, let's 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 take this a little a step further. Which we talked earlier in a previous podcast about the the kid that went to Murray State. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, yes, John Morant. John Morant. Yeah, he has uh, found himself into uh, some more hot water because of, I guess, just plain stupidity. Yep, that's what let's, it is. Let's let's chat about that. Uh, yeah, we're on a basketball kick. Let's chat about yeah. it for a second before we move yeah. on. Yeah. So I almost forgot you since we we're talking hoops. We 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 gotta show some love and we gotta pay homage, man, to the late great Denny Crum. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I was here. I just happened to be here when they had his service and everything. But this man, as far as Kentucky hoops go. Denny Crum is a legend, uh, pretty much was Louisville basketball for years, uh, won that championship in 1980, and they won it again in 86. But he is a legend uh, in the coaching circles, man. And they they really gave him a, a tremendous send-off here in the state. It was, it was really cool to see. Man. Didn't they win it in 90, 93 also? 
Uh, let's see. Yeah. No, it was 2013. They won it in 80, 86, and they won it again in 2013. 2013. But uh, he wasn't the coach then, I don't think. Was that Patino? I forgot who was the coach in 2013. But for a while, they vacated that. Um, they vacated that uh, win, man, because of some scandal that was surrounding. That was the Patino mess and everything that was going on. So they they vacated that time. They pulled their banner down out of the arena. Uh, so they pretty much vacated that championship. I think recently they gave it back once Patino was cleared and the athletic director was cleared and all that stuff. So they, I think they, they gave that back. But they won it in 2013. But Denny Crum, yeah. not the coach in 2013. Gotcha, gotcha. It was Patino. Yeah. yeah. I, matter of fact, I just got a, I've got a shirt. You know, I'm sitting in my closet. I broadcast out of my closet. Hey. I hear you. T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they gave him a tremendous send-off, man. It was it was it was worthy uh, of uh, of a legend, and uh, so uh, he will definitely be missed in uh, in the state of Kentucky, man. He still came to a lot of the games. Uh, the court in the KFC Yum Center is Denny Crum Court, so that's a tremendous honor. But uh, legend, man, as far as coaching goes. Your thoughts? Yes, absolutely. Um, started off with John Wooden. Yes. An assistant to John Wooden and for several years, and then he got the Louisville job and turned a program that had been a decent program but was sliding a little bit after after uh, Butch Beard and uh, Wes Unsell, all those guys graduated, so they had a, a few lower years there. And then a guy that we know – by the name of uh, Daryl Griffith, yep. have um, recharged the Daryl Griffith and Bobby Turner. They kind of recharged the um, the uh, program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junior Bridgman, yep. uh, uh, you know that group that that came through. Hell, there's a guy from Indianapolis that was on that team. Uh, yeah. Roger, Roger yeah. Bateman. Um, who was uh, it? Uh, Roger. He went to Franklin Central, which is just across our boundaries. Uh, uh, the guy, the guy I knew from Indianapolis was Poncho, Wright. Yeah, Poncho. But this was a this guy. His name was Roger. I think his name was. He was a white. He was one of the. Oh, um, uh, Brickman. Berkman. Brickman. Berkman. All right. Berk, Roger, Roger Berkman. Berkman. Yeah, Roger Berkman. Berkman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's from Indianapolis. He's okay. On the south side at Franklin Central, he went to Franklin Central, which okay. is okay. in the same conference that the team I I would. But yeah, uh, okay. he that group, uh, Junior Bridgman, and um, those guys came up, and a lot of people criticize Denny Crum because he was one of the first coaches that uh, allowed kids to come to the school, stay for a few years, and then they were off to the NBA. Yep. And he said that, you know, my goal is to get these guys to the next level. And, of course, coming from a conservative state like Indiana, more conservative than Kentucky at the time, um, they were all up in arms. What do you mean? They don't want them to go get a degree? And and, (laughs) uh, Denny Crum said, my goal is to get keep them, you know, keep their grades up while they're here, but to send them to the next level, send them to the NBA and, you know, help their families out. Right. 
that's that's what I want to do. So right. he was criticized for that from here, from from the state of Indiana. But for the most part, he was successful in in having a program that was always in the top twenty five. That's right. You know, so yeah, he he's he was missed when he when he decided to retire. He was missed. But, you know, other people came in and, uh, you know, Louisville continued to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He uh, he, he was he's a giant man. Uh, you know, as, as far as Kentucky um, coaches go, he, he he's right up there at the top of the list, man, with uh, the one of the best to ever do it. So, yeah, so they, they really gave him a nice, uh, nice send off, nice tribute. So I just happened to be here when it went down. So. Uh, it was great to see, man. So, uh, rest in peace, rest in power, uh, Denny Crum, legend. Yeah. So, back to our young friend uh, who went to Murray State. Um, yeah, man, he he's gotten himself in some serious hot water, and uh, part of me feels bad for him, and then part of me doesn't, because you basically got got a, a pass on this first go round. You the the Grizzlies played the Nuggets in Denver. Um, they had a celebration after the game. Went to a strip club. He's supposedly caught in a video with a gun. And if you saw the picture, man, there was about fifty thousand dollars laying on the floor of this strip club. He's sitting on his chair. This lady's giving him a lap dance or whatnot. And the ladies working at the club said he was waving a gun around there. The Denver police investigated whatnot. They said they couldn't find enough evidence to convict him, so they let him go. But that didn't stop the NBA from punishing him, which which they did. Right. So I think oh let me turn on my bad, my phone was on. So I think All right. uh now that you've sort of made a mockery out of the commissioner. I think they're going to come down pretty hard on him this time. And I'm I'm not sure what he's trying to accomplish, man, Um, because you're not a thug. You're not a hoodlum. You're not a gangbanger. You didn't come from that. And I don't know why a lot of these guys think they want to be that life when that ain't you. I don't don't know what, what is that, man. I can't figure that out. You've got the world by a string. And you want to go down a path and portray yourself as someone in a life that that's not you. So I'm not sure who's in his ear, who's talking to him, but he's man, he's walking a very fine line. And I think they're going to come down pretty hard on him this time, Uh, because basically you sat in the commissioner's office, commissioner's office and told him one thing. And he's here you are again. And he's like, I'm shocked when I saw this. So it's not going to be pleasant what's going to happen. But, you know, there are when you make poor choices, there are consequences. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And 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 to go along with that, the fact that he he I think he is um, very immature. I think a lot of these these uh, athletes start caring more about social media than caring about their own uh, well-being, social well-being. So for him to do this for a second time, be flashing a gun, uh, 
to try to play tough, that that doesn't work. You know, that, that doesn't work. And therefore, you're going to end up losing. You're going to lose a lot this time around. Big you know, time. He, he, he may be sent overseas someplace. They may demote him, kick him off the team. I don't, you know, because the, the, the NBA, even though it's kind of a player's league, players make call the shots, they're not going to lose out on money. Oh, hell no. And therefore, no. you know, you have to be sacrificed in order for us to save, save these franchises and get these folks, keep their money flowing. That's right. I mean, he lost out on 40 million just because he didn't make one of the all NBA teams. So he lost 40 million dollars yeah. being foolish. So, I mean, and I'm sure, man, as we as we all know, you and I both know a lot of these guys, once they make it to the NFL, the NBA and the few that do play MLB, once they do get in there, man, and they get a lucrative contract. There's a lot of people, man, dependent on them to sustain their lifestyle, you know. And so not only are you looking out for yourself, but you may have done some things for your family, this or that. Now you're you're putting that at risk, you know, because you're you want to be something that you're not, man. And I I don't know what I don't know what that is, man. What what is that mentality that like? You just want to be something that you're not. You the, you got I don't know, man. The other thing that goes along with this is that his father is not helping the situation. Nope. Uh, I mean, you raise somebody, you and your wife raise this young man. He comes from a uh, a, a, a a home with both mom and dad. Mm-hmm middle-class family, did all the right things, made it to the NBA, and then the father starts acting the damn fool. Right, right. You know, he's, at, he's at courtside calling people mm-hmm. out and, and so on. So how can the son not do wrong when the father is showing an example of how to do things wrong? Right, right. So he's not he's not doing or not providing uh, a proper example for his son. You know, he should have, I'm going to go old school, should have slapped him upside his damn head the first time Mm -hmm. he, he got caught trying to, trying to play tough with a gun. Right. And tell him, you know, do you realize what you're doing? Yeah. You're you're throwing away your life. Right. You're throwing away you know, your way of living, even though that let's, let's put this in perspective. Let's say he signed, I don't know what he signed the contract for. Let's say that he signed the contract for $20 million guarantee. He can retire on $20 million. Even if, <laughs> even if he does not find another job, even if he decides to leave the NBA next week, he can survive on $20 million for the rest of his life. Yep. And so yep. you're going to screw that up. You're going to, you're going to throw that away. And as a parent, I would have been in his ear saying, yo, man, you gotta, you gotta tighten this stuff up. You can't be doing this. You're, nope. je- you're jeopardizing your future, let alone, you know, I, I wouldn't be concerned about me 
but you're jeopardizing your future. You know, when I get old, I expect you to take care of me. Right. If your right. ass is out on the street, you ain't taking care of me in my old age. You know, I did everything that I could do to raise you the correct way, and I'd be damned if you screw up. So, you know, I don't want you to put my ass in a home. Right. And <laughs> when, when, when I get aged, get old and uh, uh, senile, I want you to take care of me like I took care of you for your first 25 or 26 years. At least yeah. give me that. Yeah, he's he's 23. He's 23 years 23 old. 23 years old. He he he, yeah. he can barely he 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 can barely he's barely out of puberty. Yeah, he's 23 years old. He's got he signed a 213 million dollar contract over forgot how many years that's over. So that's in jeopardy. Uh, Nike has paused the deal with him. They just released his signature shoe. So they went pause on that. Uh, Powerade, he had Powerade deal. That's sort of up in the air. I mean, he's a tremendous talent, man. To see this guy play live, he he is he is the second coming of Allen Iverson. Only a, a he 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 probably jumps higher than Allen Iverson did, but I mean <laughs> a lot higher. <laughs> yeah, he jumps a lot higher than Allen Iverson, but he's Allen Iverson, man. Point two zero. To see him in person is tremendous. Tremendous talent. He people have already said this guy is the next face of the league. But you you are man you are screwing this up and you have to I'm I don't know man like you say a lot seems like a lot of people on the outside are giving him better advice than seems like his dad is right and it's like you went to all those early morning practices running sprints weights the AAU circuit all this stuff you did to prepare yourself to get to this point in your life you achieve it. And you turn around and you screw it up because I, I personally think they're they're gonna they're gonna come down hard because you've made a fool of the commissioner, man. Yeah. <laughs> you have made a fool of the commissioner, and he needs to make an example of you because you sat in his office and told him you learned the error of your ways. <laughs> so yeah. basically, you lied to the man. You lied. <laughs> you lied to the man. So I think is he gonna get suspended for the whole season? I don't know, but it's it's well, it's gonna be steep. Is what now? I said the season's over with. Well, for next season. For next season. The okay. issue is what's going to happen. Is he going to be suspended for next season? Is he going to be suspended so many games next season? Is it going to be a fine? Somebody mentioned, oh, it was, says, you know, I've never heard of only one person's contract get vacated. And that was my man who choked his coach back in the 90s. I think uh, Spreewell choked his coach. And I think Golden State voided his contract. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's flirting with a lot of things, man, that are putting his future at risk, all because you want to be something that you're not. Yeah. So I, on one hand, I do feel bad for him. On the other hand, it's like, nah, man, there are a lot of people who would love to be in your place. Yeah. <laughs> they would love to be Some, in your shoes. Sometimes guns is the new alcohol. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yes. You know, I, I've got courage, you know, you know, when when people drink, they started they start getting all crazy and stuff because they they lose their inhibitions. Right. Right. They start acting all crazy. And I think right. gun or is that today? Yeah. You know, I, I can talk tough. You know, I've got a gun. I got a strap on me. I got a gap. 
Yeah. Yep. And that is causing so many people to lose their lives. They're causing so many people to be uh, uh, their, their families to be jeopardized, their livelihood yep. and the the uh, the shame and the um, the problems that come because of gun violence in our community is is horrific. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what a lot of people not 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 all, but a lot of people have said, look, man, that's that the optics are bad on this. Yeah. You know, you've had several mass shootings and whatnot. And here you are flashing a gun around. It's like, you know, don't you uh, have any, um, you know, uh, what's the word? I mean, it's like, where what are you thinking? You know, yeah. what are you thinking? Um, so. It's going to be interesting, man. I, I'm sure they're they're probably hunched over their desk right now, formulating what's gonna what they're gonna levy upon him. Uh, I think it's going to be severe uh, because primarily you 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 lied to the commissioner, man. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I'm sorry, the the commissioner does not want to be made a fool of. That's that's what this comes down to. You yeah. know, and he he talked to you like man to man. He talked to you and you told the man, hey, I see there are my ways. I know I got to do better. And here you are again. So, yeah. Yeah. So, he well, thought John Morant's going to be hunched over with a little Vaseline. Yeah. Because, yeah, they, they're going <laughs> to stick gonna, it to him. He's going to get screwed. <laughs> yeah. They're they going to stick it to him. And he has no one to blame but himself. And, and he, you know, he's come out in public. He said sent out a few tweets or whatnot. Said he he's owned it. Yeah, that's good. But you said that the last time. Yeah. You said you owned it the last time. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, man. But he he is truly one of the bright stars in the league. And I think um, you know once LeBron exits the stage, there's always somebody waiting in the wings. Uh, Michael left, Kobe came on. Kobe left, LeBron took the stage. LeBron is going to exit at some point. Who's that person? Everybody said it was going to be John Morant. They originally said it was going to be Zion Williamson, but I, I don't hold my breath out for that either. But no. I think John Morant is the real deal. Uh, tremendous talent. He just, uh, for whatever reason, can't seem to get out of his own way. Yep. Yep. So. All right. All right. Well. Um, that that was a a quick good topic that we talked yes. about. Yeah. Um, what else we got going on, man? What well, else? um, let's let's talk about a subject, man. That uh, we we hit upon. Uh, we were off the air when this subject came up. You sent me an article, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is this is this is quite interesting. Uh, and this is the subject of why. Non-white individuals, why do they want to be associated with white supremacist organizations? <laughs> you know, and I think it was a Washington Post article yep. that went into depth on this. And my wife and I have talked about this numerous times. My man, who was the leader of the Proud Boys, you're you're Latino, but you're the leader of an organization that avows white supremacy. And I'm like, what what is going through this dude's mind, man? Yeah. And we we came to the conclusion that a lot of these folks, be they Latin, be they black, Asian, whatever, and they're there. You hear more about 
Latin and black folks who seem to want to swing play for the other team. It's like. And some of them are Latin, Latinish black folks. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're black. They, they, you know, we're, we're all in the same boat, you know, but you know, but it's like, whatever reason, man, they, they want to be, they, I guess they feel they aren't accepted. And so if I do A, B, C, D, these folks, they'll accept me and I'll be seen. You know, I think that's got a lot to do with it because a lot of folks, even a lot of Indian folks, I'm talking, I'm not talking about Native American. I'm talking about Indian folks from yes. the country of India, Pakistani, whatever. Some right. of them are darker than you and I. Oh, yeah. But they want to be seen as white. <laughs> Because it gives them acceptance. It gives them belonging. It lets them be seen. And if and if that's true, then they are willing to say or do whatever this entity wants them to do just so they can be accepted. That's what I think drives a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> you know, and for the life of me, I'm like, dude, in your mind, you have to know these people don't like your ass either. <laughs> they don't like you. They're against people who look like you. But yet you're going to raise your hand and say, I'll be your president, boss. <laughs> you yeah. know? I'll, I'll be the leader of your group and I'll, I'll lead the I'll lead the, the assault on the Capitol. I'll do that. So it's it's a it's an issue of accepting belonging. I want to be seen. And if you see me, if it lets me be a part of you, I'll say or do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> that's that's what I think it is. Uh, some of it, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Some of it, I agree with you 100. percent And those people that are black and brown, Latino, Asian, of all Asian, whether Southeast Asia, Southwest Asia, or Asia itself that fall into that trap that I want to be a part of, I want to be seen, I want to be seen as, or I don't want to be defined as, I'll do this. Those people are being used. Yep. Okay. Uh, Especially uh, the the Washington Post article, especially when it it, it talks about, um, I was looking at some other things, talk about, in, in South Florida, the Cuban community, you know, they definitely feel that they are a part of. And a lot of it is if you if we look at Cuba, let's say the migration of uh, Cubans that, that came here after after Castro took over in 1950. I think it was 1956. I think it was. For the most part, those Cubans that left the island were the light-skinned Cubans, the ones that could pass. You know what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. And the dark-skinned Cubans, the ones that look like us, number one, they didn't have the resources to leave, all right? And the other thing is that they could not pass. So uh, I had a I had a, a Latin American history class when I was at Eastern. 
And the professor, and, and if you think about it and you go back and you look at Central American and South American history, for the most part, when the Spaniards came over, when the Portuguese came over and started conquering these territories, they put in power the people that looked like them. Okay? So the if you look at any pictures from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and you look at a an officer in uh, a cabinet, um, military officers, they're all fair-skinned, light-skinned people. So they have this European idea of putting light-skinned people in power was put there on purpose. Yep. So we'll keep the dark-skinned people down. We'll let them, you know, be the people that we don't want. They're not going to be the face of. So therefore, when the Castro thing happened and people that migrated, the people that were in charge were already light-skinned. They had the finances because the Spanish and the Portuguese, these people set them up to be financially better than the dark-skinned people. So, you know, it's easier for them to assimilate into this idea of white supremacy because they look white. Yep. They may have a Spanish accent, but they look, they can pass. Well, people like us can't pass. Yep, that's okay? right. And the other thing, as we go back and talk about this white supremacy thing, we have to put Protestantism in there also. You know, because when when the American government was founded, it was founded by Protestants. When the Irish came to America, they didn't like the Irish, even though they looked white. They didn't like them because they were Catholic. Right. Okay. Um, They didn't want Catholics coming in here. Let's look at the Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s. If you were Jewish, if you are immigrant, if you are Catholic. Your ass got to get the hell up out of here. Yep, that's right. Okay, so over the over the time period, you know these these people that were on the outskirts were assimilated in, and now they've got the power. Yep. So uh, Enrico uh, Terrio. Yep, Terrio. Uh, the guy that's in part of that's in charge of the Proud Boys. Uh, he's just about as dark as we are, yep. but he thinks that he's white. Brother, you ain't white. Eventually, they're going to turn on your ass. That's right. You know, so we can get you to get other people to help us, to make us stronger, and then once we get the power, we're throwing your ass out. That's right. You know, there's a tree out there on the greenways at Capitol. You know, they had it for Mike Pence, but before they thought about Mike Pence, they probably thought about your ass first. <laughs> that is true. Seriously. That is true, man. So it, it's 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 weird that the fact that some of these folks think that they can be a part of when really all they want them to do is to help give them more power. Yep. Yeah, you know? so I, I think uh, it, it may have been in this article that 
to be uh, 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 to to be white in America is not to have to think about it. Yep. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to think about it. It does to you and I. Yeah, uh, because it's someone says it's called privilege, right? Right. So you you don't have to do that, you know. Um, and and I think that for I'm going back to the Cubans here or Hispanics, not just Cuba. It could be someone from the Dominican Republic. It could be somebody from you know uh, Honduras or any other place like that. I think what happens is that as people come to the U.S., um, they started their their Latin their cultural identity starts to fade. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they assume that they're white. You know, and 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 I tell you. I'm not going to mention any names, but I've got some friends that the the husband is white and the the wife is Asian Pacific, but the wife and the kids think that they're white. Yep. yep. And if you look at them, they don't look white. The wife doesn't look white. The kids don't look white. Okay, but somewhere down the line, they've assimilated and they're their cultural thing has faded and they assume that they're part of, you know, they're part of the majority. Yeah. 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 You see it. it I, yeah. That's, that's everywhere, man. It's, it's, it's everywhere that, uh, I look at you. I, I, I look at someone who's from, from the Latin persuasion or their age. I, I look at you. I see you, you, I know what your, your ethnicity is. Right. <laughs> But how you conducting yourself don't line up with that. Yes. Because you feel as though who you are is not good enough. You think it's better over there. And if you assimilate into that, that means, ooh, things are going to be really better for me. But you got to realize these people don't like you. They don't give a damn about you. That's that's what these people don't get, man. Yeah. It's like you can assimilate all you want. But at the end of the day, you are not going to be totally immersed into the group. Okay, you can fly around on the fringes, but you're not going to be fully accepted by who you're trying to assimilate into. They're not going to totally accept you. Okay, that that's the reality of it. Right. And and we see that we see that a lot in our community, man. We got we got so many people you know, stumping and and chucking and jiving and trying to be it's like, come on, man. These you are not gonna be accepted by these folks. You you can forget it. You can say and do whatever they want you to do, but at the end of the day, after they get you to do their bidding, they're gonna kick you to the curb. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what it comes down to. Ask Herschel Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Herschel Walker. Yeah. You know? You ain't heard nothing from Herschel Walker since he lost that election. I mean, they were using his ass up <laughs> and ain't heard a peep from Herschel. As so, Bill Withers would say? <laughs> who was that? Bill, as Bill Withers would say? Oh, it's Bill, yeah. Keep using me until you use me up. <laughs> That's exactly what they did because we ain't heard from Herschel since. I, I do and give we, credit to him. 
He did say I lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he did. Yeah, I give him credit for that. He said he lost. I give him I give him credit for that. <laughs> you know, but we 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 got uh we got some going on here, man, in Kentucky. The the AG here, the brother that's the AG, he's running for governor. Yeah. And he won the Republican primary to run against Governor Bashir in November. But he, man, he's sickening, man. I just hate he's sickening, man, because he's another one that don't realize these people don't like it. They just want you in there so you can do their bidding, man. That's all they want. And he's another one of these Christian folk touting his Christian values and whatnot. But who who did he accept an endorsement from? An indicted sexual offender, a sexual abuser of women. And whatnot. That's who he accepted an endorsement from. Yeah. That's who he's smiling with in 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 photo ops and carrying on. But you're such a Christian man, your Christian values that uh, get the hell out of here, man. Don't want to hear it. Well, I, I I tell you this, and and this is sad to say, is that he has a as good a chance as any to become governor because of he's a Republican. He's he's married to yep. Mitt McConnell's granddaughter yep and cheeto jesus has given him an endorsement yep so and i mean he didn't go to first baptist did he uh no but there are people i think his parents are from here his parents are from here he's from e-town yeah he's from e-town i don't i don't remember him at the church my sisters don't remember him at the church they know him yeah yeah one of my sisters confronted him uh, after the Breonna Taylor, uh, uh, Breonna Taylor was killed, she confronted him, you know, because he was, you know, coming off as, and she's like, you know, you were wrong. You, you, I mean, you can't stand up for this black woman who was murdered in her home. You can't stand up for her, you know, as the AG. These people killed this woman, and you can't stand up for her. Yeah, my one of my sisters confronted him because they know him. They know the family. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the people of Kentucky are going to be in a world of crap if this guy becomes governor, man. They're going to be in a world of crap because he 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 he's he's to me, he seems arrogant. And the fact that he like you said, he's got a lot of these things in his back pocket. He's got what what did you call? He's got Moscow Mitch in his back pocket. (laughs) He's got Orange Julius Caesar giving him endorsements. And like you said, he's a Republican and he's willing to say or do anything against the black community because that's what he thinks is going to get him favor with white folks. You know, so can, the people of Kentucky, man, they better come out to vote in November and, and reelect Bashir. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. If I could, I would. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know he, I got he, one of the Johnsons that's that's in Kentucky now. That's I'll, right. That's right. I'll get her to vote against. Him. That's right. Because <laughs> he he's dangerous, man. I just he's he, this guy's dangerous. He is dangerous. And uh, I I feel for the state. Um, if if he becomes governor, I feel for the state uh, of what's going to happen. Uh, with with some of his policies and his view on things. Uh, I think Joe Madison is one of the, I listen to Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, and he has a phrase that uh, all skin folk ain't kin folk. <laughs> yep. 
And and this guy, he fits that mantra. You might look like me, but you ain't down with me. <laughs> so anyway. That's like Lynn Lynn says all the time, you know, you know, people says put welcome signs on their house, you know, it says welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't putting no damn welcome on our house because everybody ain't welcome to our damn house. Right. You know, <laughs> right. It's like Joe Massey, we may be skin folk, but we ain't kin folk. That's right. That's right. To our house. Right. We refuse to put a welcome on our house anyway. Right. No, Rather, yeah, I don't know why people. Forward. Well, you ain't welcome. Everybody's not welcome. Keep your right. ass out of my house. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people do that. Yeah. And it's real prevalent here, man, because you're in the South and people are kind and this and not, and they give you that Southern hospitality. But, man, you got to be careful who you let up in your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're just saying that, but most right. people ain't going to let everybody up oh, in Oh, hell no. And right, right down the street from where my mom is, this house got a big old Trump 2020, 2024 flag on their freaking door, man. I'm like, eh, here they are, man. I mean, it's like these people are in love with this man. They are. They just love this man so much. And I'm like, I don't know why. This dude is worthless, man. Worthless, worthless, worthless. And they bow down to his throne every day. Yeah. Every day. And that's what my man is doing here, man. He, He's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Trump's endorsement. Man, come on, dude. You, you, you can't do any better than this. <laughs> and a lot of folks are just don't say nothing about your religious stance. Because once you open your mouth, People like myself, not that I'm perfect, but we're gonna say, okay, well, who who are you with? Who the and who are you with? You hanging with the guy who is a uh, got indicted for sexual abuse and defamation of another woman. He's paid off a porn star. He's done all this grabbing women by their private parts. But you're a Christian man, and you want an endorsement from this? Come on, man, your values ain't lining up right. Yeah. They, they don't care about values. They, no. They just want somebody that will uh, say that we did this. With. That's, That's right. That's right. So if you if you believe in the power of prayer, pray that this dude does not get elected governor of Kentucky, man, because <laughs> I feel bad for the people here if he does. It's only going to get worse, my friend. That's it, man. Yep. Every day. They'll probably, Every day. They'll probably <laughs> outlaw breathing. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't be surprised, man. We, we're gonna curtail your right to breathe. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, since we're talking about the government, man, you know some government things. Um, there's something looming on the horizon that, that another thing that's gonna be bad for all of us if this goes south, and that is the debt ceiling. Yes, sir. Uh, which is usually an automatic thing that the Congress does. Uh, because the United States has to pay the bills it has incurred. And just like you or I, we go out, we buy a, a, a pickleball racket or we buy a MacBook Pro or whatever, and we put that on our credit card. Guess what? When that bill comes due, we got to pay that bill. Pay it out. That's right. Well, the United States government, bills come due, you got to pay your bills. But now they're debating whether or not, well, you know, we want this or we're not going to do ABCD. And the Treasury Secretary has been adamant about the fact that the United States government cannot default. We cannot be looked at that we're deadbeats in this country. But 
Kevin McCarthy has sold his soul to these bunch of knuckleheads and they're holding him hostage because they want him to do certain things to get Biden to do certain things. And Biden is like, we pay our bills. Now, we pay our bills first. We can talk about some of this other stuff. Right. You know, these people want to lump everything in. And he's like, no. And if these folks, they seem to have a, a poor memory. A lot of these bills that need to be paid were incurred by Orange Julius Caesar. OK, they were incurred by him. So uh, I'm not sure, man, if this goes south, it's going to be bad for all of us. Yeah. If the U.S. defaults. Uh, yeah. It's going to be bad. Yeah. So our, on that. Your, your investments, our investments, you know, I'm, I'm, I have my laptop sitting on top of a safe inside of my, <laughs> inside of my uh, closet. So if it starts to look bad, you know, I can go and withdraw and put my shit in the safe. <laughs> Lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least cash, right? You know, and get by because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. No, you know, our investments may just fall apart. Okay, and we may be ninety-five before they get back to where they are right now. Right, and it's just the fact that uh, he's trying to make a point of saying that oh, we're going to take people's snap. We're, we're, we're right. the government's been spending too much. And so right. we're going to cut this and we're going to cut that. And, and if you don't give us this, we're, we're not going to sign the debt ceiling approval, which they never really do anything about. They'll kick it down the road for three months and then right. do this shit again. Right. As right. opposed to doing this for two or three years or four or five years like they used to do, pay their bills off. Right. And now it's just become a political pawn. Right. That, Right. Yeah. We, right. We raised, as you mentioned, we raised it every time under Cheeto Jesus. Right. The right. Democrats no went along. Right. The independents went along saying, we got a pair of bills. Let's pay our bills. Right. OK. So now that the uh, Republicans have the 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 House seats in the House, they're saying that we're not we're not going to do that. We, all those things that happened under Cheeto Jesus. We're not going to play ball like that anymore. It was okay yeah. when he did it, but now it's not okay. Yeah. A Democrat president and a Republican uh, House of Representatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it, these people, man, they irk me, man, because they, they, they're just so hypocritical, man, about so much crap, man. They, it's like, don't even open your mouth, man, because everything you say is a load of shit. You know, I mean, it's like you 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 take joy in seeing in seeing the country suffer and you you don't seem to care that what you want to take away from people for a lot of people in this country. That's their lifeline, man. Snap and EBC and a lot of this stuff. But you're sitting high up on your 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 throne and wherever you are and you, you don't care. But you'd rather see people suffer just so you say, I got my way. You know, and I, I that's why I think I think a day of reckoning is coming for this country, man. It's coming because you got so many nasty people in positions of leadership that uh, they don't have the best interest of the country and the people in this country. They don't have that at heart, man. 
they they their their heart is like the Grinch, man. You know, their heart's like the Grinch. Yeah. You know, and, and now that you know they got a little leverage, and that's why they don't want to kick 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 our boy down. They get your ass out of here. They don't want him gone because he's a vote that they need. Georgie. Yeah, they they don't want to kick Georgie out because Georgie is a vote they need. But it's like, come on, man, this dude is corrupt as the day is long. (laughs) And it's a stain on the government that you guys can't tell this guy, look, man, you have misrepresented yourself a thousand ways. You need to go. They don't want to do that because his vote is important in anything they do. To me, that's just just it's it's disrespectful. It it puts a stain on the institution, man. Yeah. And that's why people are fed up with government, man. They're fed up with everything on both sides. The Democrats, they got their issues, but the Republicans, they're the ones who are leading the the charge of nasty in this country now. They're nasty about everything. Then the Democrats, they got their issues, but it's like that's why people are fed up with the government, man. It's like, do you guys ever do anything? Yeah. You know, you're always fighting and bickering amongst yourselves, man. Yeah. $174,000 a year and then we get nothing out of it. Yeah, you get we get nothing out of you. You know? So, I wish it was possible, man, when it when it comes to this debt ceiling thing, the president as the executive, uh the executive head of the executive branch, you know what? We need to pay our bills. Uh do it. Done. Pay the bills. Don't have to deal with these fools, man. Yeah. Be I, I something think, that the president can do. I think there's something about the 14th Amendment and the debt yep. ceiling. Yep. And he can possibly use that. I think he should. And if nothing comes uh, comes from it, from negotiations or whatnot, then if he can use that, then... Go ahead and use it. You know, of course, yeah. of course, someone's going to sue him. We'll talk well, Supreme Court. Well, and, yeah, you know, or or yeah. they're they're always talking about he he is he's abusing the Constitution. Well, when he does utilize the Constitution, what he's he he's still wrong. So he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. You know, right. but I think the Fourteenth Amendment is like you know what, do it, man. Quit. He, to, to me, the, the Democrats, when they have, they talk too much. Yeah. It's like, do it, man. And tell these guys, you know what? Kiss my hind parts. We're doing <laughs> this. We're paying our bills. We are not going to default. The U.S. government is not going to default. We're not going to put the livelihoods of every person in this country at risk. We're going to do what responsible Responsible citizens pay their bills for the most part. You and I can't kick a, a credit card bill. Let's kick it down the road four or five months. And, you know, they're, no, they're going to they're going to come repossess some stuff for you that you've got. When I, you can't do that. So why should the government do that? So the president, you've got the power. You know what, McCarthy, you don't want to deal. Guess what? I'm exercising my uh, right as the president of the United States. I'm invoking the 14th Amendment. How you like that? As Cole yeah. he says, how you like me now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it, it says the public debt. I'm looking at it right now. It says the public yes. debt clause is part of Section 4 of the 14th Amendment. Yep. It reads in part, the validity of public debt of the United States and authorized by law shall be questioned. Okay, President Clinton brought up the 14th Amendment in 2011 when President Obama and Congress were locked into a fight over the debt ceiling. And in an unlong 
online interview, uh, the National Memo, former President Clinton said that Newt Gingrich's public Republican caucus first came up with the 14th Amendment idea during Clinton's time as president. Imagine that. Mm. Okay. And Clinton's team researched the constitutional implications that it would be used, that it would use the 14th Amendment without hesitation and forced the courts to stop me. The Obama administration never indicated a willingness to test the constitutional waters. In 2011, President Obama reacted to Clinton's comments with a widely quoted response. I have talked to my lawyers and they are not persuaded that is a winning argument. However, President Obama told reporters that uh, resorting in non-constitutional solution to a debt ceiling crisis could make things worse. However, but the 14th Amendment can be used in order to pay our bills, kick it to the courts, and then the courts are going to say, well, no, we can't do it because that's our boy over there, you know, who's running this thing. But there is a possibility. And guess who came up with the possibility? Newt frigging Gingrich. Mm -hmm. And so he brought it up. That's right. President uh, uh, Biden saying, I may use it. Because yep. these, as you mentioned, these knuckleheads don't want to pay their bills. And right. They want to drive everybody into debt. Yeah, and and they, they every like you say every time they open their mouth, man, they show how stupid they are. It's like we don't want any new spending. This ain't about new spending. This yeah. is about bills you've already incurred. They yeah. need to be paid. Right. The, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and, and that's crazy woman we got in Colorado. Every time they open their mouth, they show how stupid they are. This ain't about no new spending. You got to pay your bills that were incurred under your boy. OK, they were incurred under your boy. So they got to be paid. And that's that's fiscal responsibility, man. No other citizen can get away with doing that kind of food. Oh, you know, just yeah, now nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. That, be, yeah. They can get away for it. For a while, for a while, then some collection agency gonna go put their ass right. in jail. That's right. Some you collection know, agency it's... gonna be knocking on your door. You're gonna get a summons or something. Yeah. So the government, no. And I, I think Biden should just say, you know what? Since McCarthy's Speaker of the House in in on paper only, he has no power because he's 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 given that power to these other idiots out there. So I think Biden should look at it very strongly and dare. Uh, Roberts and all these other folks on the court to, uh, you know what, I, just try me, try me. What you going to do? Because we're not defaulting. That should be the key thing. The right. American government is not defaulting, okay, because there's too much at stake. Yeah, and, uh, we pay our bills. Yeah, you talking about a revolt? You talk about revolt? If this, if this happens, man, people will be storming the Capitol, the White House, and everything else, man. If this country does not pay its bills and stuff rolls downhill, you know what that stuff is. Yep, yep, yep. You know, so we'll keep an eye on that. All right, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, we got one more topic that we want to uh, cover tonight. Yeah. That is uh, the passing of a sports slash civil rights legend. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jim Brown uh, passed, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, yep. At, eight, at age 87. 
and uh, has been an icon in this country since his days uh, at Syracuse University. Yep. And uh, the NFL and Hollywood and civil rights and so on. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 right. uh, legend, man? And it, you know, we we use that term a lot. <laughs> you know, we, you know, some people are 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 bigger than uh, what's the term? They're bigger than the arena in which they find themselves. And I think Jim Brown is one of those people. Uh, you and I grew up in the air. We watched the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. We watched it on our on one of our three channels that, that we had <laughs> on our television. We saw number 32 running over people, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he was truly the best running back that um, there, there was, man. He, he held the, what is it, the most yards, um, most yards, uh, what is it, the NFL yardage? Uh, yeah for years and i think uh emmett smith broke that record right correct Did emmett smith break that record yes but uh beyond football once he went and he and he stepped out of the game in his prime man yeah you know and people were shocked like what he's he's, he's retiring <laughs> but he stepped right out of that and went in went into hollywood hollywood yeah. can't call him man yeah. and so uh you know, you, we can name some of the movies, man. I think the one that that for me is like uh, the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> you know, the Dirty Dozen is is a classic that he uh, had a major role in. Uh, one Hundred Rifles. Yes. Uh, with uh, Raquel Welch, they had one of the first interracial scenes in that movie. Yep. But he he had the looks, he had the charisma to uh, to navigate through Hollywood, man. So. Football was his first act. Hollywood was his second act. And while that was going on, he was out there knee deep in the civil rights movement and, uh, you know, advocating for the rights of black folks in this country. Uh, stood with Muhammad Ali, man, when Ali made his stance, that iconic photograph uh, yeah. that they show with him, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Ali, Bill Russell. And it's ironic, man. Bill Russell just passed. Now Jim Brown has passed. Yes. And so uh, but that that was people took a stand, man. I mean, you know, that was hard for those guys to do back then because it wasn't like it is now. You are literally putting your career on the line. And they did that, man. They stood with Ali and supported him. So so he he started, you know, being involved in activism. And I think he was one of the people, man, that brought the L.A. gangs together, man, to try to use a lot of that blood crip foolishness that was going on. He was heavily involved in that. So he's 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 an icon, man. He's, He's one of those guys that he will be remembered for so many things. But I think the key thing that Jim Brown will be remembered for is the fact that he, he just didn't talk it. He walked it. Right. And he was out there amongst the people, uh, even though he could have sat on the sidelines, he was out there amongst the people doing the work of the people. So that, that's what I'll remember, man. I would think that this season, probably Every NFL team will wear the number 32 on their helmet. I believe that will happen. And they will have a number 32 or Jim Brown tributes. 
Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that most teams will have a number thirty-two on the back of their helmets this year. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think they'll retire his jersey that no one can wear the number thirty-two anymore? Do you think that's a fitting tribute? No, they won't do that. They won't do that. No, this is the NFL. This is that yeah, true. <laughs> that's true. You're not, right. This is the NFL. Not the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball did with Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll do it with the number 32. It would surprise me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and if you think about it, it, it could be done because right now with the number of the NFL has changed its stance mm-hmm. on the, you know, certain numbers. Now receivers can wear single-digit numbers. Right, right. <laughs> people can wear single-digit numbers. So that's freeing up a whole bunch of numbers now. So, therefore, they could retire his number forever. They could. Yeah. Don't think they will. Yeah. But they could. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I do think there's going to be a lot of, lot of tributes. Uh, yes. Especially from the Cleveland organization. Oh yeah. Uh, from from the Browns themselves, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of tributes. And the Bengals because Bengals, yeah. Paul Brown, you know, started the Bengals as well yeah. as the, yeah. the Browns themselves, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but he he was a giant. Yeah. Uh, soft spoken, but nobody messed with him. Nope. You nope. Know? I mean. When someone, after seven years of playing in the NFL, says, "Well, I'm done," and didn't yeah. look, and never look back, right? Never look that, back. <laughs> that tells you that you know he's got things going on. As you said, he uh, went into acting and and from there activism, and he's he's always been around. Even even last year, he's he's become a uh, uh, consultant. To mm-hmm. some of these young players coming up in the league, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, yeah, he never wanted from from anybody, so he had his independence from there, and he didn't take any crap from 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 people. Nope. This is nope. how it's going to be, and I, I'm going to follow what I believe is true and best for me, my family, and my community. Yep. Yep. You know. Yeah. No. Uh, Huge, huge icon. Uh, man, he will. He's definitely going to be missed. Um, you know, as you know, there's not a lot of people in our community that rise to that level. You know, uh, they're they're few and far between. But he was one of them, and he, you know, he had the ear of each generation. Man, that's that's the cool thing about it. Right. When you, when you can go into South Central and bring together the hardcore gangsters that are that are you know in those gang elements and you can you can talk to them and and try to broker peace among that tells you who this guy was you know that people had that level of respect for him where he could come into that environment and uh and broker uh, a peace accord so to speak between those two factions man that tells you a lot about who this guy was right right yeah all right all right. So that's you know we we want to wrap up, man. Since I'm here in uh, in our old hometown, yeah. I just wanted to throw out a few reflections, man. Okay, what's going on back in E Town? 
Yeah, before we sign off, just a few things. I've been riding around. Like I said, I'm closer to your side of the tracks where where I'm at. <laughs> I'm closer to your side of the tracks than my old side of the tracks. And I've just been riding around the community. A lot of a lot of growth happening here um, with these factories coming in. Um, two factories that uh, that Ford is putting in to deal uh, to create or manufacture batteries for electric vehicles. That's huge. Uh, you've got a lot of home construction going up because of that. Uh, the the housing market here is just it's it's skyrocketing, man. You would never believe that the the what homes are selling for here compared to what we remember growing up as kids here. Right. And uh, on your side of the tracks, man, there's someone is building what appears to be some affordable uh, housing units uh, for people. As you come up uh, Mile Street, some someone is building some affordable housing units for people there. They look like small condos or townhomes, but very nice. And I think they're going to revitalize uh, that stretch uh, from where the uh, once you come past the old St. from St. James Church up to where the clip joint is. Uh, they're going to revitalize that stretch and they're building these nice uh, little homes there and they look to be uh, they appear to be affordable housing for people, man. So mm-hmm. so that is cool. Um, I did a took a comedy show in last night. My nephew was down at the, the Bourbon Barrel Tavern, took in a comedy show last night. It was very well attended. Uh, so folks got that going on. There's entertainment venues here. So the the place is growing, man. It's it's it takes time, but the place is growing. Uh, this afternoon, I went down to the sports park, caught some baseball games. Um, now the sports board. Yeah, I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> so so I went down, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go down to the sports park. And they had there's some tournament going on. But now the sports park um, supports uh, Cal Ripken baseball. Yeah. So it's Ripken baseball is is down there. So a lot a lot of uh, teams down there. Pretty much there was a game going on on every field down there. But the one thing that really gave me joy was as I was walking into the complex, I saw some young black kids coming up out of there. Okay. And they had they were playing for a team called Tidal Wave. And um, uh, is that a local team? I don't know if they're from Louisville or what, but uh, uh, I was like, wow, then okay, cool, this is good. Some young black kids are down here participating in this because you know, we've talked before, man, a lot of a lot of young black kids for whatever reason they aren't playing baseball anymore. So it was good to see that, and uh, I'm like, okay, great, this is great, and I. Gabe chatted with one of the what well, looks to be maybe it was a coach coming out with one young man. They had their bat bag on and everything, but the team was tidal wave. And so it was a it was a mixed team there. I think I saw three three young black uh, kids coming out of the complex. They had just played. So they were they were going to get some deed or something like that. But it was good to see that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but that whole end of town now that sports park is huge because they host this Cal Ripken baseball thing. They got pride soccer that's going on down there. So our little hometown man is starting to explode. Yeah, so it's starting to explode. But uh, it's it's good to see. You know, it's good to see. Um, but uh, is it going to draw me back here? Probably not. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's good to come here to visit and and see some things, but uh, you know, it, we we had our time. <laughs> you know, we had our time. Yeah, yeah. So that's just the just something I wanted to throw out. But 
I know, I know that um, we had some classmates. Yes. That we lost too. Yeah, 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 yeah. We. uh, uh, one of our, I think um, he played baseball with you on E-Town High baseball team. I think the year you guys won the state, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sonny, Sonny Jordan passed, man. And uh, we, class of 75, one of our classmates, and then uh, Flora Cleaver passed. Uh, one of our classmates, and we were with her at our, what, our 40th? 30th. Year? What was it, 35? Or what, which I one? think it was 30. 30? Yeah. We, we hung out with her at our 30th reunion. We took a nice group picture that's out there on our uh, EHS uh, Facebook page, and uh, that was the last time we saw her, but she passed, and then Sonny passed. So we've, we've lost a few classmates, man, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it, it helps you uh, or it, it focuses you to think about your own mortality when you start seeing people your age starting to pass. It's, uh, you know, it gives you that feeling, man. And uh, it's a feeling I don't particularly like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just thinking two years, we'll have our 50th. Two years, 50, man. Yeah. 50 so. years, we left E-Town High School, graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 that's, years. That's amazing. It is. It is. So, uh, you know, it. Uh, you come here. Uh, you. I'm, I'm here probably a lot more than you are. Uh, near your daughters in Louisville, but I'm here a lot more probably than you are, and it it sort of humbles you when you when you ride around and you looked at the places you roamed around as a kid, and you're yeah. like, you know, it, it it just like wow, yeah, I remember that, you know. I passed I, I passed through this past Thursday. Okay. I went down to Nashville for a quick minute, dropped some uh, stereo equipment off, and then I hustled back to Indy and just yeah. passed through E-10. I was yeah. going to think about stopping, but I said, ah, better not. Let's keep yeah. going. I'm, I'm, I'm three and a half hours into this drive. Let's just keep yeah. rolling. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it, 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 uh, you know, it brings certain thoughts to mind when you, right. uh, when you're driving around places and it's like, yeah, we used to do that as a kid. We used to go there. Some of the places don't exist anymore. Some do. They, they look a little run down or whatnot, but it just, you know, it humbles you a little bit. So, yeah. and, uh, you know, this is where we got our start. And, uh, you know, we, we started here and we kept moving. So it's all good, man. E-Town will always be home. We're just not yeah. there most of the yeah, time. Yeah, we're just not there. Always be home. We just don't live here on a permanent basis. Absolutely. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. All right, man. All right, my friend. I think that is it for uh, this episode. It was lively discussion. And uh, hopefully folks got something out of it. And uh, like I said, we're always here if you want to hit us up, either on our Facebook page, drop us an email, a text or whatever. If you want to uh, have something to say about any topic we discuss, we're here for it. So we're not going anywhere. We'll always be here. We say it the way we see it. That's it. We say it the way we see it. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, all right. Baseball season is going on. So as we sign off, like three strikes, we're out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.